The new Omicron variant of COVID has overtaken the old Delta variant of COVID as the dominant strain in the United States, accounting for 73% of all recent cases in the country, according to the CDC. By the time Christmas rolls around, public health officials are predicting that 1.3 million Americans could be diagnosed with the virus by the week that ends with Christmas Day. And according to the White House Coronavirus Response Director, that will be just the start of a winter of severe illness and death for the unvaccinated and everyone and everything that they love. We are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. We've done the right thing and we will get through this. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. That's right. You evil people with your selfish decision not to get vaccinated, you are going to take away hospital beds from good people who made all the right decisions, like smokers who develop emphysema and libertines who get venereal disease and fatties who have heart attacks. You, you people, you're taking it away from those good people who deserve medical treatment because of their healthy lifestyles. Well, because of you, America might shut down again by New Year's Eve, lest people develop symptoms of uh, the common cold. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Catherine Cook, who says, they're not conspiracy theories. They're spoiler alerts. <laughs> this is true. Dave Rubin, my friend Dave Rubin, got suspended for a little bit from Twitter some months ago because he said the vaccines are not as effective as they all told us they were going to be. And so they're going to start pushing booster vaccines on all of us and there's going to be a national mandate. And then he was suspended for misinformation. And then 100% of those predictions came true because they weren't, he was just observing what was going on. Now, when you want to uh, make sure that all of the relevant organs are prepared for a respiratory illness, I would strongly recommend you exercise your lungs with Thompson cigars. 15 years ago, I got one of my favorite Christmas presents that I've ever gotten. It was from my mother, and it was a box of Oliva Series O Perfecto cigars from Thompson Cigar. I still have that box. I still have a few of the cigars left in it. Thompson is the best. I've been shopping at them since I was a kid, since my mother bought me my first box. I still shop from them. They've got the best stuff. They've got the best selection. They've got the best prices. That's not just a, a slogan. That's 100% correct. It's just an industry fact. If you don't want to commit to a hold box, they've got a great uh, selection of, of samplers. Their five-pack fever samplers are great. You can try a bunch of different cigars. Maybe you say, oh, I love this one. I don't love this one as much. Then you buy the box that you want. They're great. It's a wonderful Christmas tradition, a wonderful Christmas present. Sit back, take a break from the craziness with a cigar from Thompson. These guys rarely do offers. Right now, Thompson is offering our listeners 15% off orders over 75 bucks or 20% off orders over 99 bucks. To take advantage of these savings, go to thompsoncigar.com. Use code Knowles when you're ready to check out. That's T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N cigar.com. Use promo code Knowles. They're really considering shutting down New Year's Eve. They're trying to cancel Christmas. Already you've got all the public health authorities saying, don't go, don't go to your families. Take 15 tests, take a few more jabs. Don't maybe just stay home this year for another 15 days, for another, what would, this would be the 
second Christmas that they'll shut us down. It's, we're going right into number three. This is going to go on forever and ever and ever. And Bill de Blasio, the outgoing mayor of New York, is saying he might shut down New Year's Eve in Times Square. So we've been in touch with the Times Square Alliance. Uh, we're going to make a decision before Christmas. Uh, we're certainly looking at uh, the new challenge we're facing. But again, this is an all-vaccination event, and it is outdoors. And those are two very, very important, favorable factors. We're, we're also considering if there's other ways we could approach it, even with uh, the, current, uh, the current rules that could help to make it even stronger. So there's a discussion going on. We will have a final decision on what we can do uh, ahead of Christmas for sure. Uh, and, and we're working very, very closely with the folks who sponsored that event to figure out what's the right way to proceed. So we want to have New Year's Eve, but maybe, maybe we won't. Now, it's already an all-vaccinated event. It's already outside in the fresh air. Well, as fresh as air gets in New York, which is not very fresh. Uh, but we might have to cancel it anyway. So what was the point of the lockdowns and the masks and the vaccines? What was the point? The, the New Year's Eve event in Times Square, they've already said if you're unvaccinated, if you're one of the filthy unwashed masses, you're not allowed to come, even though it's outside. Even though it's New York, which is just disgusting generally. You're, not, you're too disgusting for the streets of New York, apparently, if you don't take the vaccine. But they might have to cancel it anyway. This is one of the major events of the year. We structure our year in events. You think, oh, Christmas, that's an, that helps you put a marker on the year. It's a, a festival to celebrate. Easter, that would be another. Fourth of July, that's a secular holiday, but we celebrate. And New Year's Eve. And the most famous New Year's Eve celebration in America is the ball dropping in Times Square in New York. And they might cancel that. We might put our lives on hold indefinitely. We've already done it for two years. We might just keep doing it indefinitely. Even for the vaccinated and the people who mask and the most compliant people. So what was the point? If you're going to cancel this stuff anyway, why did we do any of this? Apparently none of it worked. So why couldn't we just live our lives and see our families and have our weddings and go to funerals and go to holidays and go to work and keep living. Why couldn't we do that if the end result of all of these measures is to still keep us all locked up in our cages? What was the point? point I think the point was political power for people. I don't, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, which we've just, we've just learned that conspiracy theories are spoiler alerts. But I, there, was no, there was no getting back to normal. And now some of the public health officials are just telling us we're never getting back to normal. We're never going to get on an airplane without a mask again. We're never going to do any of it. So what was the point? Other than pure political power. Even New Yorkers don't like the way things are going. Even in Times Square, there was a journalist who was doing a cable news hit. And even in liberal old New York, as he's doing his hit on TV, some passersby expressed their views of President Brandon. As of now, the ball dropped is expected to take place as scheduled, but that is under review. The, ma the mayor has said that uh, he is going to uh, meet with uh, Times Square officials and look at the possibility of uh, either canceling or modifying that uh, uh, celebration if the statistics do call for it. They're expressing their views in very blunt terms, you see, because they're New Yorkers. In the South, where people use euphemisms, they'll say, let's go Brandon. Kind of like, bless 
bless your heart, right? They'll use these nice, polite euphemisms. But in New York, they don't do that. Just F Joe Biden. Go F yourself. Up your nose with a rubber hose. I don't know, you know. And so they're walking by and they're expressing that view. Is it because they're rock-ribbed Republicans? I don't know, maybe. Or maybe it's just because Joe Biden is extremely unpopular. With good reason. He's always been a doofus. He's never accomplished anything. And now he's really, really screwing up our country because the buck is supposed to stop with him. And he is largely absent on the job. And when he is there, he's making all of the wrong decisions. Most popular president ever. Got more votes than anybody. He got 80 bazillion trillion votes in the 2020 election. And there were no fraudulent votes whatsoever. Don't forget that. He's the, he is, forget about the polls, forget about what you're seeing on TV, forget about what you're seeing at the sports stadia and at the concerts. He is the single most popular person ever to walk the earth. And if you question that, they're going to lock you up a little bit longer. But Joe Biden, in fairness, is not the only person getting heckled. He's not even the only president getting heckled. uh, President Trump is now on a speaking tour with Bill O'Reilly, and they're doing this tour, a few events around the country. And Trump made his case that conservatives should not oppose the vaccines. They, They maybe should oppose the vaccine mandates, but not the vaccines. Trump said he's gotten the vaccine, he's gotten the booster, and believe it or not, he ended up getting heckled by his own crowd. This was going to ravage the country far beyond what it is right now. Take credit for it. Take credit for it. It's a great, what we've done is historic. Don't let them take it away. Don't take it away from ourselves. You're playing that, you're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates, but take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Right? Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it, too. Okay, so... Um, oh, don't, 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 no, no. That's all. It's a very tiny group. It's a very tiny group over there heckling me, the rest deploying. So Trump is in an impossible position. I know a lot of conservatives now are just attacking Trump because of his coronavirus response. I'm a little lighter on him. I don't know a single politician on planet Earth who could have withstood the pressure. I don't know a single politician who being told that you will be blamed for it, that millions and millions of people are going to die and you will be blamed for every single death on every TV news show from now until the end of time. I don't know anyone who could have withstood this once in a lifetime event being told it's historic proportions, the Fauci's and the Dr. Scarf's and everybody coming at you. I don't know who could have done it, but as a result, he is the face of that COVID response. And you'll remember at the time you had Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all the big leading Democrats as the vaccines, vaccine skeptics. They were saying, I don't know if we're going to get this vaccine. I don't know. I don't trust a vaccine made under Trump. So then the roles flipped when Joe Biden came into power. This is regardless of what you think about the vaccine or whatever. We'll get into it a little bit later. I, I think that people, I think there is a better political response to this, which a certain governor of Florida is giving out right now. But regardless This is Trump's biggest political weakness in 2024. This is the weakness that he is the the beginning of the coronavirus response. The coronavirus response upended our country. I really don't think it's totally his fault. 
But that is going to be it. And if any Republican challengers want to come up against Trump in 2024, that's the angle they're going to have to hit. Now, speaking of maintaining our traditional American way of life, I would strongly recommend you check out Good Ranchers. Christmas, Christmas time is here. Time for joy and time for meat. That's not how the song goes, but that's how your Christmas should go. I have got a wonderful uh, gift that you can give to your friends and give to yourself. That would be Good Ranchers, a box of 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality. GoodRanchers.com has a variety of boxes to give or give to the one you love, whether that's your friend or your family or yourself. They've got the Ranchers Classic for the perfect combo of high quality beef and tender chicken. You can go with the Cowboy. That'll give you the ultimate steakhouse experience with black Angus ribeyes, Wagyu burgers, and more. Get $20 off and free shipping on your order with my code Knowles at checkout. Plus, your order keeps local American farms and ranches open and donates 10 meals to people who would otherwise go hungry. A lot of stuff that says product of USA in the supermarket is fake. It's actually from overseas or from Latin America. Get the good American stuff. It's unbelievable quality. Get your Good Ranchers box or gift card today. Head on over right now with code Knowles. You'll get 20 bucks off and free shipping. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Knowles. Code Knowles at checkout to take advantage of this special Christmas offer. At least one potential 2024 presidential candidate, one of President Trump's potential rivals, is giving a slightly different answer on vaccines and the virus and the lockdowns than you're seeing from either Trump or Biden. That would be Governor Ron DeSantis. The other day, Dr. Fauci said, you know, we could be that uh, fully vaccinated means three shots, which is two shots for the vaccination and then one booster shot. Have you gotten the booster? So uh, I, I've done whatever I did, the, the normal shot. And, you know, that at the end of the day is people's individual decisions about what they want to do. But these boosters in terms of now Florida, we don't we ban vaccine passports. We, we won't let them fire you, even private businesses over this, because we don't think that's appropriate. But one of the reasons why we took those steps is because we knew the definition of vaccination would be a shifting target. And I predicted this a month and a half ago, and people said that, that I was wrong. And now we're starting to see it come to fruition. So there's going to be people who've done maybe two Pfizer shots who are not doing booster, and they could be considered in certain parts of the country to be unvaccinated and then denied the ability to participate in society like everybody else. It's gone way, way too far. And that is a decision that people should make for themselves, but they should not have their rights, freedoms or liberties restricted based on these boosters. This is a very sophisticated answer. And I'm not sure if Governor DeSantis listens to this show, but he might, because what he is doing is exactly what I suggested people do yesterday. So I hope he listens to the show, or maybe we're just a little simpatico on this issue. He gave a different answer than Trump or Biden or the most anti-vaccine people in the world. She said, are you boosted? And he doesn't answer. He kind of danced around. Look, and I, and we've done, and what I've done, what I've done is what I've done. And I had the normal shot. And basically, but what I'm saying is this. (laughs) And so he never answers the question, as he shouldn't, I think. The reason the vaccine answer from Trump makes him look weak is it makes him seem like he's just totally going along with the public health establishment. Yeah, I got the booster. Yeah, I'll take however many boosters you give me. Yep, inject me with the boosters. That's fine. I totally believe Dr. Fauci. Now, look, there might be plenty of reasons for President Trump to get all the boosters, but it doesn't, politically, it doesn't look that good. 
Then you have on the other side, the people who say, I'm never going to get that vaccine, never stick me with that needle, no way, no how, it's going to give me 5G and turn the frogs gay. And maybe that's true, maybe it's not true, I don't know, who knows, I don't know, I don't study the frogs that closely. But that also is politically kind of a weak answer. That's going to seem a little extreme to people, a little out there. I don't even know that it's going to play very well with Republican voters. What DeSantis is answering is, I'm not, I'm not giving you my medical information. I'm certainly not giving it to you moving forward. Hey, yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of one time I was at a cigar bar and someone asked me what kind of line of work I was in. And I told him and I said, so what kind of business are you in? He goes, none of your effing business. <laughs> I liked that line. That's the answer DeSantis gave. Because if you really believe that people should make their own decisions and be allowed to make their own decisions, then you shouldn't give the powers that be the knowledge of who has had exactly what shots. You see, that knowledge is power. When, when your employer or the government or a concert venue or a bar asks you for all of your information, and they get it, in some states they've got these really highly sophisticated digital scans and everything. When they ask you for all of that, whether you say you're vaccinated or not, they're getting more power because then it's much easier to reward and incentivize the people who've gotten it. And it's much easier to punish the people who haven't gotten it. Joe Biden's national mandate only came out after they believed that the majority of Americans had received at least one shot. Politically, he wouldn't have done it if he didn't know that number. So I think it's much smarter here to keep, play this a little closer to the vest make it a little unclear, make the ruling class a little uncertain about just how much power they have, just how much sway they have, just how effective their policies are going to be. If you want people to make their own decisions, do not contribute to, to the ruling class knowledge of who has and who has not. Really smart stuff from DeSantis. Now, Omicron, that's the new, that's the new COVID, COVID, COVID five. How many have there been? There was the regular, there was the OG one. Then there was the the Delta, obviously. I thought there were a few before the Delta. Now we're on the Omicron, spreading like wildfire. Here's the headline from the Zoe COVID study. Omicron and cold-like symptoms rapidly taking over London just a few days ago. Cold-like symptoms. Uh, according to Dr. Angelique Coetzee, who's the chairman of the South African Medical Association, don't forget Omicron. We're now not allowed to use national designations, but Omicron was observed first really spreading in South Africa. Uh, she uh, was the first to diagnose a case of the Omicron variant. She says the symptoms are similar to a cold. Quote, most of them are seeing very, very mild symptoms and none of them so far have admitted patients to surgeries. We've been able to treat these patients conservatively at home. That's what she told Reuters. If this is true, that it's spreading really, really fast and it's got these really mild symptoms, it means that you are probably going to get Omicron. And it means you're probably going to be just fine. That is basically good news. Now, what, what the libs are going to say, and what the, really not just the libs, but the fear mongers and the public health, they're going to say, well, statistically, if a certain number, even if it's a very, very small percentage of people are going to die, then the more people who get infected, the more people die. And so people are going to die. And this is a terrible, I know, I'm not denying that. You're denying the virus. I'm not denying the virus. I'm accepting reality. And I'm recognizing that in an imperfect world where we don't just always get our way and we don't live in hermetically sealed tubes, 
it is much better to have a virus that even one that spreads very quickly if the symptoms are generally extremely mild. That's good. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to try to lock up. Well, not you. You're very intelligent people. But the libs are going to try to lock up from Christmas and they're going to stay home. And if I just lock myself up for five more years, maybe then I can avoid the Omicron and I won't get a cough. And they're going to not go to the New Year's Eve party and they're not going to celebrate anything. And they're not going to go to weddings or funerals or any of the things that mark our lives. And they're going to lock themselves up and then maybe they'll avoid the cough, but probably they still won't because you're going to get it, folks. You're going to get it. And if, if the symptoms are the symptoms of a common cold, or maybe somewhere between a common cold and a, and a flu, that's not so bad. It's okay. It's all right. People used to get sick. You remember that? You remember like three years ago when people used to just get sick and it was fine? And, so, and sometimes people would get really sick and sometimes people would even die. And you know what? You're going to die too someday. You are. But that's life. That's life, folks. And you can't hide from reality and you can't remake reality. But that's what they want to do. Beyond, beyond the Omicron, the left is trying to remake reality even when it comes to foreign policy, when it comes to everything, you know, I mean, they're trying to remake reality on the gas prices, which are going through the roof, which is why you got to check out Get Upside. Around Christmas time, everybody spends a lot of money, more money than they usually do. Well, I'm going to reverse that trend in one very important area right now. That's when you're filling up at the tank and the way you do it is with Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Now, if you use promo code Knowles, then you're actually, you're not going to get 25 cents back per gallon. Okay. It's it, some people say it's too good to be true. Well, no, it's not. It's actually not good enough uh, to what you're actually getting. If you use code Knowles, you'll get up to 50 cents cash back on your first fill up 50 cents cash back right now with gas prices going up to seven bucks a gallon in California. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get upside. Download the app for free. Use promo code Knowles to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Super easy. You can cash out right to your bank account or PayPal or an Amazon gift card if you prefer other brands too. Just download the Get Upside app for free. Promo code Knowles. Get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That is code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. The left right now is trying to remake reality even with the botched exit from Afghanistan. So Joe Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, is now claiming at the Council on Foreign Relations that the United States safely and effectively withdrew from Afghanistan. Standing here in December, that strategic decision remains the right decision. For the first time in 20 years, there are no U.S. troops in harm's way in Afghanistan this holiday season. We safely and effectively drew down our diplomatic presence. We lifted tens of thousands of vulnerable Afghans to safety in a unique American example of capacity commitment, and sheer logistics. So whatever you think of America pulling out of Afghanistan, there's plenty of good arguments that we should just run out of there and not have anything to do with Afghanistan anymore. There's some good arguments for maybe holding Bagram Air Base. There's some, some people are making the argument that we should have just occupied the country in a, in a significant way forever. I'm not really convinced by those, but maybe you feel that way. Regardless of how you feel about Afghanistan generally, that dude is just lying. He's just rewriting history. It was not a safe withdrawal. 13 service members were killed in a terror attack because 
We gave up Bagram Air Base before we gave up, before we got all of the Americans out. We abandoned a ton of Americans there. To say nothing of our Afghan allies. Apparently every single person in the country was an Afghan ally. But we left a lot of Americans there too. We allowed these militants to empty the jails. And then some of the people emptying the jails were then attacking America. Whatever you think, the withdrawal was neither safe nor effective. And they're just going to rewrite it. And, th- and this is part of the left's broader project, okay? They, they think that by just changing all the words, changing the narrative, changing the meaning of words themselves, they can remake reality. This is the point of my book, Speechless Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, which is a great gift for Christmas, last minute shopping. Also like Reasons to Vote for Democrats, my other blank magnum opus, which is a great book for Christmas. But really, when you want to let the light in to your home, not just the light into your brain, but the light into your home, you've got to check out Hunter Douglas. I did not realize before I owned a house back when I was still in little shoebox apartments living in the cities before I moved to the South, I didn't realize just how important your window treatments are. And the reason they're important, I should have realized, is because light is so important. When you're filming a podcast, for instance, the thing that makes it look good or look terrible is going to be the way the light works. When you're on a beach, what what makes it look? It's because of the light, the way the light plays on the ocean, the way the light. This is true in any home, in any museum, in any church, and it's true in your house too. They have incredible stuff over at Hunter Douglas. Window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. Maybe it's the way the shades diffuse the harsh sunlight to cast that beautiful glow across the room. Maybe it's the way they give you privacy inside. Maybe it's the superior insulation that the shades provide. You want that Goldilocks fit, okay? You want Hunter Douglas's power view technology. Head on over today to hunterdouglas.com slash Knowles for your free style get smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. That's hunterdouglas.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, for your free design guide. We've got some great news to tell you about. So I'm going to run through it. All right, buckle up. I'm going to, as quickly and effectively as I can, I am going to tell you all the incredible, wonderful new news that we have at Daily Wire. The Daily Wire sent Candace Owens to Mar-a-Lago to interview Donald Trump. The interview is airing tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only at dailywire.com. If you're not a member, now is the time to join. If you want to show your support for truth seekers like Candace, head on over to yeswecandace.com to pick up some great Candace merch. Also, Ben's got a new show. It's called The Search. His first guest is Jordan Peterson. They're going to be having these kind of fly-on-the-wall type conversations over at a coffee shop. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Also, Daily Wire is making it easier to listen to all of our content on the go with the launch of Listen. This is the new section of Daily Wire. It means you'll be able to listen to all your favorite Daily Wire content on the website and the DW app. We've made sure it's available to everybody, members and non-members. So get ready to listen. Head on over there right now. And you know, not only was the Daily Wire the first in the nation to sue Biden over the unconstitutional vax mandates, we're less than 50,000 signatures away from hitting our goal of 1 million signatures on the Do Not Comply petition. The Sixth Circus is really, it is a Sixth Circus. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, as it's sometimes called, is really jerking us around. Reaching a million signatures will provide a major boost to our legal challenge. Head on over to dailywire.com slash do not comply. Share it with your friends and family. We'll be right back with a lot more. We talk about it a lot and it's getting worse. There is a gap between the narrative that the left and the liberal establishment and the ruling class is peddling 
and the reality that we're all seeing with our very eyes. You're seeing it, especially with the Omicron variant, right? We're told that the Omicron variant is going to kill everyone. It's a winter of severe illness and death. You're going to die. Hide your kids, hide your wife. We're also told that it's extremely mild and it's like a common cold. Well, which is it? These two things are irreconcilable. So here's another gap having nothing to do with the virus between the narrative and reality. Very recently, the San Jose Police Department's robbery unit concluded a year-long multi-jurisdictional investigation involving a prolific robbery crew that targeted Asians. This is according to Breaking 911. Asian women in particular were frequently targeted victims. Many were injured during these robberies. So these detectives worked to identify and arrest six suspects who between October 2020 and September 2021 committed over 21 incidents of robbery, burglary, and theft directed at Asian women. We now, we have their photos. We've got the mug shots. And this white supremacy has got to stop, folks, okay? Got too much, so much white supremacy going on. Now, if you are listening to the show rather than watching the show, you may not notice that, uh, the, f- the fellows are not the whitest people in the world, okay? They're not uh, six young black men. And as a result, you're probably not going to hear about this story. When the attacks on Asians began to tick up a little bit last year, we were told this is because we're a country of David Dukes and the Ku Klux Klan and Nathan Bedford Forrest is riding around free all over America, pushing his white supremacy and attacking helpless minorities. Now, the reality was never there. It was n- this stuff was not being pushed generally by white supremacists. But that's, that's the narrative. The narrative is white people bad, black people good. All the bad things are attributable to white people. All the good things are attributable to black people. So when, when black people do something bad, that is basically swept to the side. And when white people do something bad, that is amplified in the media. Sometimes the white people don't even do anything bad. It's just contrived that they've done something bad. And so, so some fictional narrative will be pushed in the media. I'm thinking of Nick Sandman, the, the white kid with the MAGA hat on, who was just standing there doing nothing on the National Mall while some lunatic Native American dude banged a drum in his face and black nationalists started screaming slurs at him. And he was the villain. He was the evil guy. Kyle Rittenhouse, he just got off the hook, thankfully, but it was a highly contentious case because he was being chased by other white guys who the libs pretended were black guys, convicted serial child rapists chasing this kid. The kid defends himself, but because he's a white guy, he's a terrible murderer and a racist and and a killer and a murderer. The takeaway from this, of course, is that we can't trust any of the establishment's racial narratives. We can't trust any of them. Obviously, we can't trust the ones that are, that are being so misrepresented here. But it means we can't trust any of them. They don't have any credibility. So even when they find the one in a zillion Ku Klux Klan, the last Klansman in America, they're going to find him. He's going to be living in the hills somewhere. And maybe he commits a crime someday. And they're going to blow it up and make it a big news story. Even that you can't really trust. Because you know they don't have any credibility. None whatsoever. And they're not, and they're almost certainly not going to cover this big robbery investigation. Now, speaking of immoral ways to make money, there's a really disturbing article in the Wall Street Journal that just came out. Long article titled, NYU is top ranked in loans that alumni and parents struggle to repay. 
By any measures, the elite Manhattan school, NYU, is the worst or among the worst for leaving families and grad students drowning in debt. Quote, it feels like I'm kind of trapped. So the, the story revolves around this young woman, Cassandra Jones, who got a master's in public health from NYU a couple of years ago and has not managed to get a job in the field. So she's got a six-figure student loan balance. So she sold her eggs again. Direct quote. Ms. Jones first started harvesting her eggs before starting at NYU in 2017 to help pay for moving into the city, she said. She received a $12,500 annual scholarship, relied on $131,000 in federal loans to cover the rest of her tuition and expenses. She's given her eggs five times, including to an NYU fertility clinic earning $50,000 a year. So this is a political problem. This is an actual political problem, a social problem that we've all got to be concerned about, that people whether because of ignorance or because of naivete or because of just battle decision-making or taking out these huge, or, or because of greed, because they think the loans are going to be forgiven. But whatever the cause, they're taking out all of these loans for basically worthless degrees, degrees that even if they have some value, which I'm not convinced most of them do, even if they have some value, they're not going to put you on the track to be able to pay back these loans. So, that's a political problem. We need to figure out some way to stop that. There are policies we could use. The federal government could stop underwriting these loans. We could start going after the universities. We could put caps on things. There are plenty of policies that we can use here. Okay. We could try to beef up the quality of the education and so that kids, at least when they're spending their money, are not spending them on completely useless degrees. Also, though, we shouldn't let this woman off the hook. Okay. This is a personal problem, too. People should value their children more than money and more than their own job ambitions. It's not just that this woman one day, she, oh gosh, she found herself in six figures of debt and she said, oh my gosh, the only way I can pay the mortgage, well, she doesn't have a mortgage. The only way I can pay the rent or buy some ramen noodles to eat for dinner is by selling my eggs. That's not what happened. The first time she did it was before she started NYU because she wanted to get an apartment in the city and she thought, oh, well, if I want a nice apartment, I guess I got to sell my kids. And if I can sell my future kids, then I can get a nicer apartment. I don't know, maybe in the East Village or something. Maybe in Greenwich Village near NY. Oh, that, wouldn't that be nice? Okay, so she sells it and then she keeps doing it. She's done it, what, five times now? Yeah, she's made 50 grand doing that. That's bad. Yes, it's true. By selling your future children, you can make a lot of money, especially if you're a woman. If you're a man, you don't get paid as much. But if you're a woman, you're selling eggs. It's very invasive. It's this whole surgery and they harvest your eggs and you will get money but you will lose something too. Namely, a relationship with your children who are now going to be created in laboratories and will be raised by people that you have no connection to, that you don't know, you don't know how they're going to raise them. You don't know if, if they're going to be raised in the right way, in a, in a good, healthy way. And you're not going to know your own kids. That's, that's, not, that's not great. This is not the same thing as a woman becoming pregnant and not feeling able to raise the kids and then giving that baby up for adoption. Where there are th an estimated 36 couples for every one newborn baby put up for adoption in the United States. This is intentionally cre creating a child or participating in the creation of a child to never know that child. To intentionally deprive that child of her natural mother. And to do so for a little bit of lucre, for a bag of coins, so she can get some stupid worthless degree at some overpriced rich kid's school so that she can have a fun time going to bars in New York. This is bad stuff, okay? And sorry that I can't manage to work up the waterworks 
to, to feel really sorry for her, okay? Yes, we need public solutions to this. Yes, we need to, to fix it at a political level. But also, where are her parents? I mean, who, where did she get the idea that this is the right thing to do or moral or just in any way? It's not. So stop doing it. Special, for what? To get a public health degree from NYU? Good grief. How did, oh gosh. Bad trade, lady. Bad trade to trade your kids for a public health degree from NYU and a few good Manhattans at, a, at the bar in Greenwich Village. Not smart stuff. Speaking of public health, rep, uh, Senator, rather, Debbie Stabenow, Democrat Senator Debbie Stabenow, is, is really upset because her Senate colleagues, Cory Booker and Liawatha Elizabeth Warren, have come down with the coronavirus. And they're all vaccinated. They've got the jabs. They got multiple jabs. They've got three jabs and counting. Who knows how many more they're going to get? But they still got a break. They got breakthrough cases. I don't know how many breakthrough cases we need before we can stop calling them breakthrough cases. I think most of the people I know who have gotten the coronavirus recently have been vaccinated, but it's all breakthroughs. Millions and millions of breakthroughs. <laughs> okay. Breaking, I think there's not a whole lot to break through if they're all getting through. But they've gotten the virus, and Debbie Stabenow is blaming her Republican colleagues because, even though many, if not all, most of them have been vaccinated, uh, because they won't continue to wear the stupid masks in the Capitol. We've heard now that Senators Warren and Booker both have had breakthrough cases. Have you heard of any more cases, and uh, what concerns do you have about the way the, the protections against uh, COVID? in the Senate, as you've all been working together so closely? Well, we are working together closely. People on my side of the aisle are uniformly wearing masks. Unfortunately, people on the Republican side majority are not, which is also frustrating. But um, I obviously send them my best. Um, thank goodness they have both been vaccinated and received the booster, which hopefully means that they will not have serious uh, symptoms as a result of this. That's really what needs to happen. People need to get vaccinated. They need to uh, protect themselves. We know that this new variant is extremely contagious, and we also know it is not that serious if you have been vaccinated and boosted. So I would encourage everyone to do that as a Christmas present, as a holiday present for themselves and their family. So, so which is it? Is this a big deal and it's really serious or is it not a big deal and it's, it shouldn't even be on the news? Which is it? Because Stabenow and MSNBC and the left broadly want it to be both. To begin, she's lying when she says that Democrats are wearing masks in the Capitol and Republicans are not. That's not true. I've got, a, I've got an in at the Capitol. I've got an in in the Senate, okay? I'm not going to name my source. Let's call him um, Ked Trues. Yes, Senator Ked Trues, that's a pseudonym, uh, but he has mentioned that in private gatherings between Republicans and Democrats, let's say when they're on the bus to Bob Dole's funeral, let's say when they're in a room in the Capitol where there is no, there are no TV cameras, the Democrats almost to a person do not wear the masks. They only then put the masks on when they go outside to see the TV cameras. So what, what she's saying here that all the Democrats are wearing their masks, that's just a lie. And even if so, why would, why would you need everyone to wear the masks if you're triple vaccinated? I thought the whole point of the vaccine is it's supposed to protect you. So does the vaccine not protect you? Okay. 
Well, then stop making people get the vaccines. Oh, no, it does. Okay, you're saying it does protect you, but you still need to... You still need to wear the mask. But if a triple vaxxed person can get seriously ill, then the vaccines aren't worth anything. And if they can't get seriously ill, then shut up about it. Who cares? You're going to get it. It's a cold. Get over it. Okay. Sorry to be so blunt. I'm just reading the, the Zoe COVID study. All right. I'm just reading what the public health officials in South Africa, I'm just reading what the CDC are saying, which is that in its effect, as to the best scientific knowledge that we've got, the Omicron feels like a cold. So then why are we listening to these women on TV fearmonger? Why are we canceling Christmas? Why are we canceling New Year's Eve? Because, because these people don't have any credibility. That's, that's why they're tying themselves in knots. Why are we paying attention? That, because they have a lot of political power, I guess. And probably there's some, probably the reality is that there's some combination here. Maybe the breakthrough cases are... A little uh, breaking through a little bit more than they're pretending. Maybe the vaccines are not quite as effective as they all told us it were. Maybe it's just not, maybe the narrative is not quite what everyone was telling us it is. So what is the Senate going to do about this? Well, they don't need to worry all that much. They don't need to worry about sending Cory Booker home or Elizabeth Warren home because the Senate is adjourning until January 3rd. And the Senate is adjourning without any major legislative achievement for Joe Biden. Because the Build Back Better plan, this is Joe Biden's signature plan. This was going to be all the big spending, all the big priorities is dead for now because moderate Democrat Joe Manchin is saying he's not going to vote for it. And the progressives, the far progressives are really upset about this. The head of the Congressional Progressive Caucus is demanding that Joe Biden pass the Build Back Better budget plan, the $2 trillion plan, without ever even going through Congress. Congressman Pramila Jayapal, who is the Progressive Caucus Chairman of the House of Representatives, says, quote, it is incumbent on President Biden to keep his promise to us and to the American people by using the ultimate tool in his toolbox of executive action in every arena immediately. At this point, we should not wait for the legislative path for the president to take action. I just think there are too many Americans hurting. There's too much at stake. We have trusted for too long that Senator Joe Manchin was engaging in good faith. But he won't go along with them, so now it's bad faith. I am not willing to hang my hopes and futures of millions of Americans across the country on whether or not he will do what he said he would do yesterday, which is often different from today or tomorrow. So in terms of the political philosophy point she's making, it's completely incoherent. She's saying, we've got to work for the American people. And so we got to, we got to get through this budget plan by hook or by crook. But the American people have already said they don't want the budget plan. One, they've said this through lots of public opinion polls, but two, they've said it through their elected representatives. The people are electing members of Congress and members of the Senate. And then their elected representatives have to decide, speaking on behalf of the American people, whether or not they're going to pass this plan. And the elected representatives decided, no, they're not going to. 51 of those elected representatives in the United States Senate said, no, we don't want this plan. So if you're just talking about the will of the people, to the best evidence we've got of it, the American people don't want this terrible spending plan. So Jayapal is wrong on that point. As a tactical matter, though, whether it is advantageous for Democrats to ram this thing through with executive orders without ever talking to legislators, and whether that's even possible, I think Jayapal's probably right. I think she's probably right. I don't, I don't think that 
the Senate really matters all that much. I don't think the House really matters all that much. I don't think our government is run in the way that Schoolhouse Rock told us it is, with a bill up on Capitol Hill and the three branches of government, the checks and balances, and the separation of power. I don't think that's an, an accurate representation of our actual government. I touched on this a little bit yesterday. Joe Biden got zero accomplished in terms of legislation this year. Practically zero accomplished. He got a lot accomplished through executive orders. Just on day one, he opened the U.S. border, gave de facto amnesty to millions of illegal aliens, started pushing a ton of COVID measures, rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement. That was day one of his presidency, just through executive order. He then issued a massive vaccine mandate, unheard of in American history, to affecting well over 100 million Americans. He just did that with the stroke of a pen. He didn't go through Congress for that. He surrendered Afghanistan, which is, was an American imperial holding. He just surrendered that. He didn't need the Senate for that. They didn't need to ratify a treaty because they didn't have a real war going on. It was all just kind of being done by the president. So I, yeah, I'm not sure that he needs the Senate. Maybe a little bit here and there, but probably he can just do whatever he wants. That's how he's been governing anyway. I think it's, I think it's a right-wing coping mechanism to say that Joe Biden got nothing accomplished in his first year. He got a ton accomplished. This is probably the most radical year of a presidency in my life. Just the border alone. By October, they had 2 million illegal aliens come across the southern border. That is insane. I mean, that is a crazy, crazy number. So, but don't tell me that he hasn't done anything. He just ha- it's even worse because he hasn't done it through the ordinary means. The polls have not discouraged Joe Biden. The, the representation of the people's will through their representatives has not discouraged Joe Biden. Actually, the deputy press secretary, uh, Jean-Pierre, uh, who, is the, who is somehow much worse at her job than Jen Psaki, uh, Jean-Pierre was asked if Joe Biden is planning to run again. He's going to be about um, 600 years old in 2024, and his approval numbers are in the gutter, and his vice president's approval numbers are somehow much, much worse. They're between 27 and 28, lower than Dick Cheney's after they had waged the Iraq war and after he shot a man in the face. And they're still lower than Dick Cheney's in 2007. So what's going to happen, Joe? Are you out? Are you going to run again? Are you going to give it to Mayor Pete or somebody? Who, who Are you going to run with Kamala Harris? And the White House says 100% everything's staying the way it is. And I'm hoping you can clear something up here when it comes to the question of 2024. Uh, the vice president did an interview with the Wall Street Journal, and she was asked if she assumed that Biden would run again. And, and she didn't say yes. She just said that the two of them hadn't talked about it. Of course, you all and the president himself have said that he does plan to seek re-election. So what's the disconnect here? Well, oh, I, I mean, I can't speak to a conversation that the vice president and the president has. I could only say what and reiterate what Jen has said and what the president has said himself, that he is planning to run for re-election in 2024. I, I don't have any more to add. But, but just- so it's not a definitive answer, but as of right now, they're saying, and you know, you're, you're getting a little bit closer. If he's really going to move aside, then they're going to have to start working on this. You'd think a little bit leaking out, but right now, Joe Biden is saying, no, I'm going to run. He's got basically the best approval rating in his entire cabinet. The only one who's on par with him is Pete Buttigieg, and Pete Buttigieg is a joke the mayor of a small town in Indiana, who is then transportation secretary, who took two months off the job in the middle of a crisis to, to have maternity leave or something. 
to, to recover from the child he didn't give birth to. So Biden very well might be the best shot right now. Although I will say before, before we go, I will leave you with this to talk about uh, death and severe illness and destruction. John Durham, who's the special counsel investigating the origins of the Russia hoax investigation. John Durham is now reportedly investigating the Hillary Clinton campaign. He's investigating lawyers for the Clinton campaign into their role in the origin of the Steele dossier and the Russian, and that, that therefore was used to spy on Donald Trump and start the Russian investigation. It's extremely complicated and it's still going on and there would seem to be a link there. John Durham is investigating the political arm of the Clintons. And so my main takeaway from this is one, he's going to be sorely missed. We're going to miss him. I'm sure he's going to come down with depression at some point, you know, and he's going to be found having shot himself several times in the head. And that's too bad. And it's really sad, especially around Christmas time for his family. Uh, The other thing I will say, looking ahead to severe illness and death and (laughs) (laughs) you know, looking ahead to what we can guess and fear at into the future. I would not necessarily count Hillary Clinton out in 2024. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. On that spooky note, I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's episode, Senator Manchin kills Biden's Build Back Better Act. Closing arguments in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial begin and Google imposes strict vaccine mandates. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know with our show, Morning Wire. Mm-hmm.